I was out to lunch with a, a lady who uh, mostly attends our church through podcast, uh, but she still feels really connected to us. And she's like, what do you believe about tithing? And I went into this lengthy explanation how Christians are not under law, but there's principles that apply and we filter them through the wonderful new covenant. We don't take them in a death way, but I said all this stuff that was very accurate. And at the end, she's like, okay, well, I just wanted to give you something from my garden. <laughs> and I was like, my bad. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had literally just been saved. We, we were in Florida. We decided our, our oldest son, who's 23 now, he might have been five. I don't know. Rusty and I were like, we should start. We, we should go to church. You know, we were both raised in church. We should go to church so that Cody is raised in church. That was the only motive. And so I heard a message about Jesus being a savior, and I was in a really, really horrible place, just, just horrible. And I was like, I don't ever remember hearing anything about Jesus. And so I gave my life to Jesus. So I'm a brand new baby Christian, ready to go back the following week, only to show up and hear a tithing message. And that, I never wanted to go back again because we were, we were broker than broke, you guys. We had created a huge mess. Like my robbing Peter to pay Paul finally caught up with us and we couldn't rob Peter anymore. And so not only were our finances a wreck, our marriage was a disaster, my health was not good. Like, there just wasn't anything to get excited about in my life. And so then to hear this preacher stand up and talk about giving the first 10%, and I'm very intellectual, like things have to make sense. Like I gotta write this down and I'm thinking, he is out for my money. I don't even have any money. And this, it gets worse. I saw the car he drove up in. It was a nice car, you guys. And so I thought, I'm not making his car payment. Not that we could. You know, like, I'm talking broke. Not that we could. And, but something happened that day. And all that week, like Rusty said, he kept saying it, and I was so mad. Like, I've never hit anybody or thrown any dishes, but in my mind, like, there were dishes flying and... I was just mad because he kept saying, we're going back and we're tithing because he was raised to tithe. I mean, he knew all about it, but this was a newsflash to me and it did not set well. <clears throat> and so that whole week, there was such torment and that's the only way I know how to explain it was it was torment because there were two different kingdoms trying to emerge because I had just given my life to Jesus. So he's wanting to take over and wants me to do things his way but I've never done things his way. And so there was just this torment. And if you know Rusty, he's not real firm. Like, I mean, you know, he's pretty easy going. But he said to me that Sunday, he goes, we're going to church and we're giving the tithe. We're giving what we have left. And I was like, well, I'm not going. We had $37 left in our account. He still remembers. <clears throat> and we owed rent. Like we're renting an apartment. We did not have we did not have that money to do that. And so he was firm and I was not happy. But you know, have you ever done this? Like we fought all the way the whole two minute drive to church. Like I am just 
blasting him, hoping that it'll break him down and he'll go, you're right. (laughs) It didn't. And then you get to church, which we didn't know anybody yet, and you're smiling like everything's fine. And he's he's know You didn't even know that fighting all the way to church and then smiling at everyone else was tradition. I didn't. I I didn't. And, And I remember, like, he slid over next to me and put his arm around me, and I was like, going like this, like, I didn't want to make a scene, but I was like, do not touch me, do not touch me. I, I know, you, I can laugh now, but I was, you have no idea, if, unless you've been there, and when they, they would pass the offering bag, and it came by, and he put that check in, and it took every ounce of self-control not to just grab it and take our check back out and rip it up, because it felt wrong. And I couldn't understand why everybody else seemed to be pretty happy about this, and and he was okay with it. And I just thought, everybody's wrong but me, (laughs) and they're blind, and I'm not. (laughs) But we did it, and then fought all the way home, and thankfully it wasn't a long drive, but it, it was a miserable night. I remember, like, I just remember thinking, that's it, we're homeless, we can't pay the rent. We don't even have any food coming in. How did we ever get like this? And now this irresponsible husband just gave our last few dollars away. Like I was ready. Give me the divorce papers. I'm signing. I, and, and that's not a joke. You, what, what did you put in the offering? Uh, it was $37. You put everything? We, uh, yeah, it's all we had in our bank account. That was your like widow's might. Well, we, we didn't only just... We just put the 37 in. Oh, well, she wrote the whole, and she's like, this still don't even make sense. We don't have food. But the long story short, we had a neighbor that actually would buy pizza, and they could get two for one. We didn't even know God was taking care of us. And she'd knock on the door and say, we got an extra pizza. Do you want it? She didn't know we were in bad shape, but we were $100,000 in debt. Because you hide. You don't want and anybody. It, yeah. yeah, we had $100,000 in credit card debt. That's just. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> But you guys, that, um, that next day, like in the morning, my, the phone rang, I answered it. It was, cause I did traveling nursing and I had done all these contracts at, with the one same company, but then I switched companies. The old recruiter calls me, he goes, hey, such and such did an assignment for us. I'm gonna send you the referral bonus. If you have a, if you still have that same bank account, I'll just wire it in today. And I was like, yeah, we have the same bank account. And I'm thinking $50. Well, it was 500. It was $500 referral fee. And you guys, again, I am a brand new Christian. I have no scripture. I got nothing but this experience. I knew something. I was smart enough to know something had just happened. And from that day on, I never, I never questioned, even though, you know, people will, people would say not, it wasn't so much pushback, it was more questioning because really God eventually launched us into teaching uh, the blessed life. And they would say, well, I think tithing is Old Testament under the law. And I was like, hmm, I never heard that. I don't even know where tithing started. I just said that was good. We researched and you know what guys, and I know we didn't even talk about this, but I think tithing started in the garden because God said, here's this entire garden. 
There's only one thing that I'm setting apart as mine. Have you ever thought about that? Like this, this just this one tree. So let's say that's the 10%. <laughs> and it wasn't like, but the enemy tricked them. He tricked them into thinking that God was trying to withhold from them. And I think that's what he does with us with our money. He tricks us into thinking, you got to hold on. You give, <laughs> you can't trust him. He's setting you up for disaster. So. Right, right. Okay. Can I ask you to tell another story? Yeah. I want you to tell that alms story. Oh, man. That alms story is mm. special to me. That's a hard story. Okay. Um, because we were in such a financial mess, uh, we, we needed to get out. And this Dave Ramsey course started, and we did. We felt like we need to jump into this. And part of it is you get $1,000 in savings. That's like your whatever, savings. We had just hit that, which was a big, big deal, guys, for us to get $1,000 into savings at that point in time in our life. And we, heard, we were in a Bible study with some friends, and the one couple, Chris and Val, were coming back from Orlando. We lived in Florida, and Chris was part of the fire company, and they saw a horrible accident. I mean, it was horrible, you guys. Um, it, wasn't this, it wasn't this family's fault, but two of their three children were killed immediately. The husband was in, ended up being in a coma for like weeks. And the, the wife and the middle child uh, basically walked away unhurt. And so our friends, Chris and Val, saw it. And Chris jumped right out to start, you know, helping. And so he sh they show up at the Bible study. They're wrecked because they've seen everything. And they've been there at this accident site. Well, we found out. Because she kept saying to Chris, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us, pray for us. So he knew that she was a Christian. I don't remember all the details, but the long story short is we found out where they had or did attend church in Lakeland. And I went to the church's website. This was like a month later or something. And she was actually like blogging on the church website about this. And I was, I was blown away at this wife and mom whose life had been just horribly affected. The loss of two of her three children, the oldest at 17 and the youngest at 10, and their middle child at 13 survived. And her husband is in a rehab now because, I mean, he was just a mess. And she's giving honor and praise to God for the time that she had with them. And this was really, really wrecking me. And I just kept following her. And then one day I said, Rusty, I, I feel like we're supposed to send them money. And he said, okay. And, and see, we had never given. We, had, we got the tithing thing down, but we didn't know about giving above the tithe. This was all brand new to us. And he said, okay, do you know how much? And I was like, no, I guess I'll have to pray about that. 
Well, the amount that came up was not an amount that I was comfortable. I mean, I mean I'm just being really honest. I, I wasn't comfortable with it um, at all. Like, you know, you think about 20 or $30, maybe 50, 100 at the most. This was more than that. And I was like, well, I should get Rusty to pray about this. And so he did. And he got up the next morning and he goes, we're supposed to give him $500. And I was like, oh, you know, that's the amount. And I, it, it did, it terrified me. Here we go again, you know, I'm terrified. Of- so you got confirmation. You got 500 in your spirit and you're like, ah, maybe I need a little, a little confirmation. Yeah. And, and Rusty's like, 500. And you're like, oh, yeah. that is accurate. And I thought, well, the only way we can do this is if we take it out of our $1,000 that we just saved, and we're not supposed to touch that. That's for an emergency, so like all these things aren't making sense. But we went ahead, and uh, we wanted to do it anonymously, so we sent the check and a letter to the church. That was on a Friday that we mailed it out. Well, my parents lived in Florida temporarily, and my parents were on a very fixed income. I need to put that plug in there. They wanted to take us out to lunch on Sunday, which wasn't uncommon for us to go to lunch, but they wanted to take us to lunch. And my mom said, she slides this envelope over to us, and she said, don't open it till you get home, but we just appreciate everything you and Rusty have done for us over the years, and we just, just don't open it till you get home. So I got in the car and opened it because I had no, like, I got to know. And it was a check for $500. Hallelujah. So fast forward a couple weeks, this letter comes in the mail, postmarked from Lakeland. I was like, so I opened this letter, and it's from the mom. And she wrote, she wrote us a letter saying, you have no idea what this money did for us because we were just having to pick out the headstones for our kids. And the ones that we really wanted were $500 more than what we had. And so, right? And I thought, man, Lord, I don't ever, ever want to question what you're doing again. Like you, you used us in such an incredible way. So Holy Spirit knew they needed, she needed 500. Told you, confirmed with Rusty. Send it to your parents as well. Those are the little things that, you know, if you're a thinking person who's looking for evidence for God's activity in your life, the invisible God, he likes to stay invisible, but he drops these little breadcrumbs that we're on track. And, you know, if you add all those up, this is just Tim processing totally in a more general way, but if you add all those little confirmations of God's goodness in your life up, you end up with this testimony of knowing God that is impossible for your atheist friend to break. Amen. It's just a little yeah. Tim observation. Well, you know, if you've had an experience with God, if, if you've, like we've had people tell us, 
miracles aren't for today. Well, you can't convince us of that because we've, <laughs> we've sat and we've experienced miraculous healings. We've been able to be a part of ministering amazing, miraculous healings. So when people say tithing isn't for debt today, not in our book, not in our book. We have, we, and you know, it, it started the healing process. We didn't understand all this at the time, okay? We didn't understand this as we were going through it. We were just going through it step by step. Our marriage was getting healed. My body got miraculously healed. We got jobs we shouldn't have gotten. God set us up like big time. That $100,000 in debt, not including ridiculous car payments on vehicles we should not have had, all paid off in less than three years. And we paid it off. We didn't file bankruptcy. We didn't, none of that. And I'm not, this is no shame involved. We've had friends who have declared bankruptcy over the years. No shame. The this is just. Even, the accountant even said, I don't know how you guys done this. Right. So, and he was a Christian uh, accountant. So. <clears throat> I meant to look and see, because I hang on to our tax returns. Um, and I probably could put my hands on it. This is no exaggeration. That year that we started tithing and giving offerings or sowing seed, our top, our giving statement, you know, like you it get giving your tithe together. Yeah, uh, that, that you get for your taxes. That amount that we gave and tithed because of how much we were just under God's provision was about half of what we had made the year before. We actually, over half of what we had made before. Mm -hmm. And our accountant pointed it out. He was a really cool man of God. He pointed it out. He goes, I want to show you this. This is the amount that you gave in whatever year it was. Look at what you made the year before. And I was like, oh my word, who knew? Okay, they probably need to know a number. Say it again, Rusty. They probably need to know a number. Oh, really? And it's not being prideful. I thought Americans didn't say numbers. It's just to show just how God Americans. blesses you for what, when you do um, what he asks you to do. It was, we gave that year and offerings and tithes $38,000. And it was just amazing. I have a whole document filled with questions, but we don't have time to really do it all. Okay. But here's one of the little paragraphs. You just nod your head at the end of it. You don't have to give a response. We've seen some shady stuff in the American church. Huge, wealthy churches that seem to have all the worldly treasures are often the churches saying to us that we should put our treasure in heaven by giving it to them. We've seen pastors who fly private jets and wear expensive three-piece suits and Rolexes while telling a poor widow at home that if she will just sow a financial seed into their ministry, God will finally give her a financial breakthrough while they do not lift a finger to help her. Shady, wicked, and evil stuff, in other words, is what we've seen. Uh, not always, 
but sometimes. Paul even says that this will be the case in these last times, that some people will even view the faith as a means to financial gain. But on the flip side of that, he says godliness with contentment is great gain, both for now and the life to come. So sometimes when people hear us talking positively about uh, tithing and offering and giving and plugging into your local church, they are hearing it through the lens of the abuses and the greed, and they throw away the good thing along with the bathwater, you know? Uh, Rusty, does God want your money or does God want your heart? That's a real easy one. You don't need my money. Why would you need money if you own it all? So he wants your heart, but a lot of times our wallet is tied to our heart if you think about it that way. So when he asks us to give, we don't have a question. We just need to know how much. And then that's when we pray separately and then come up with the same answer. We know that that's God. And it's work. I mean, it's still working today. So we're always willing to give and to offer things. But God wants your heart. He don't really care about your money, but money does save souls and it's just a tool that we use. God's okay with you having money. You can have all the money in the world as long as he has your heart. Yeah, and when Jesus said blessed are the poor, he didn't mean that everyone who is poor is automatically blessed. Uh, There's poor people who are envious and there's rich people who trust in their wealth. In other words, both, there's some rich who have got their money, their money is their God and there's some poor people who money is their God. Yep. But what I think Jesus is saying is being poor is no impediment whatsoever to being blessed in God's kingdom. Right. And being rich is no sign that you're guaranteed to actually have been blessed in God's kingdom. That's right. true. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, he, so Jesus declares blessings on people the world would say, they ain't blessed, you know. Uh, there's another little thingy here. I'm trying, trying to shut this down, actually. Uh, if I told y'all I would love it if every single church, person in this church spent 20 minutes a day studying their Bible that could land on some people as an invitation for you to take your faith in Jesus and bounce off of the truth of the Bible up into intimacy with God. But some people, because of their upbringing, they would hear me saying that if I don't read my Bible 20 minutes a day, I'm under, uh, I'm displeasing the Lord. And they would approach the, the Bible reading as a way of keeping God happy to stay blessed by God. In other words, legalism. And there's a similar thing that we can do with tithing where you can, you can read your Bible to know the Lord and, and stand in faith and enjoy this grace gospel and like you'll grow and grow and grow and it'll be fantastic. Right. You can give to the Lord out of a cheerful heart, trusting him that he's your provider. Because anything that comes from faith pleases the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And anything that comes from legalism ends up not bearing good fruit because the letter kills, right. but the spirit brings life. And I feel like I have to kind of just make those clarifications as we're talking about this. Because there have been people who, they left a church service and they go, oh my word, uh, we've been upside down and we haven't been tithing. We must be under a curse. God must be mad at us. I better get my butt in gear to earn his favor. Listen, put your trust in Jesus and you'll have his favor. And then let's figure out how to express wisdom and please him with our finances now that we have favor through Jesus. Does that make sense? It's the same with the Bible. I I would love it if you all spent three hours a day in your Bible. 
But if you trusted that to make you right with God, that would be terrible. That would not be helpful. All right, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read one more thing. It's really long, but it's, really, it's worth it. Focus. It's worth it. Okay. Stewardship versus ownership. We believe that stewardship, rather than ownership, defines the believer's relationship to all personal resources, time, energy, abilities, spiritual gifts, money, property, material possessions, relationships, stewardship. It's all God's. It's not ours. As a steward, the believer is called to manage all of our resources according to God's kingdom purpose. Stewardship extends to all the stages of life, including end-of-life estate planning and other opportunities for giving resources. You ever thought about it like that? It's interesting. We believe the teachings of Jesus stand in opposition to the self-centered materialism. Stick with me. This is a little bit deep. We believe that the teachings of Jesus stand in opposition to the self-centered materialism of our world that defines the quality of one's life by the quantity of the possessions accumulated. The work of the kingdom suffers when its citizens are consumed with supporting a personal lifestyle that is adopted under the lure of materialism. In other words, if you're chasing after what the average American is chasing after, the kingdom suffers. Such a lifestyle leaves the church as the visible expression of the kingdom to receive only a token contribution of leftover time, energy, and money. And the principle of first fruits giving is rooted in the ancient feast of Pentecost and was reaffirmed by Jesus, who commanded his followers to seek first the kingdom. So we seek to give first priority to God's kingdom in our lives. And this is an act of faith in God as our provider. And there's tons of passages I could read onto that. This comes from our denomination. That statement I read was from our denomination. Uh, I'm going to have you guys stand. And Rusty and Linda are going to declare a blessing over you. And this is not the end of this conversation because we had like two more hours we would love to talk to you about. But such as it is. You, You understand what I'm saying? Do you have more in your heart? Oh, we got a lot. Yeah, me too. I'm Rusty Miller, and I approve this message. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We do pray that the words that we've spoken, we feel that we've honored Jesus through what we've shared with you. And I pray that if you haven't experienced what we call the kingdom life, where we're surrendered, we've surrendered everything. Then I pray as, as this day goes on and as this week goes on, that you'll allow him to come in and, and just clear out anything, any lies that you've believed like I did, like the lies that I believed, that if you're experiencing any torment with it, just know it may be like what I went through. There's two kingdoms at, mm-hmm. at war inside of you right now. So I pray for clarity. 
I pray that as your week goes, that uh, the words that the Holy Spirit wanted to get into your heart really takes residence there. That you know how much you're loved, that how much Jesus wants to do in your lives, in your marriages, in your relationships, in your careers, with your parenting, in every aspect of your life that you would know just how much he has for you and you'd get excited. So I pray these things in Jesus' name. We pray a blessing over you guys for this week and just everything that you uh, touch and do, that, um, that God will show you the things that he wants you to know. We love you guys. If anybody needs prayer, they can come up front. If you don't, you're dismissed.